Born in trouble. Hey, 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 what's going on? Welcome to the 29th episode of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X. What's good, y'all? This week, it's me and your boy from Los Angeles. No, wait. Parts unknown. Mr. Gene Hopkins. Hey, what's up? Representing SoFi Stadium. What? What? What's that? That's the new stadium in Inglewood, man. Oh, okay. Where, where the Rams do their thing. Okay, no more. A lot of jobs over there. A lot of my people got jobs over there. That's what's up. Jobs yeah. for the people. Power to the people. Power That's to the right. people. That's right. And guess what? If y'all waiting for more introductions, that's it. It's just me and Gene. Not a zero. Zip zero. I have no idea. Stingy. We know what happened to Rob this week. He's working for the man again. He's uh, but here I I I was gonna say I was gonna tell a lot of jokes about Rob today, but unfortunately, I came to the realization that baseball season's almost over. And the brother does have a lot of information on me from the past. So I'm just going to say we miss you, Rob. <laughs> he ain't got shit on me. So what you want me to say, though? <laughs> we should have pre-game that. We should have pre-game that. And Mr. Grant Lancaster, I don't know. He's MIA right now. So hopefully. Oh, man, you know, they, got a, they, they probably got a scorcher somewhere on 6th Street in That's Detroit. what it is. Hopefully his wing shop. The only place That's we right. like heat in Detroit is at Grant's Wings, which That's is right. one five nine eight four. You see, we need Grant here in order to get the address. Dang, correct. We, uh, we should know the address <laughs> by heart. We should know the address by heart. We but, should. You know, I just know they got some good wings. They got some good ass wings. So, how you feeling this week, Gene? Good. I'm good. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm trying to. It's the beginning of school, That's uh, you know, year in, I got, you know, I'm just kind of a scatterbrained and focused at the same time and that I got shit to do before the, before the year ends. I got to get to, I'm going to be traveling here probably either end of this month or early October and then traveling again in November. So I got a couple of traveling. Uh, Lord, I was born traveling, man. man. So, yeah, so, you know, oh, yeah, and this week, yeah, I've been, uh, see, I don't ever announce this on social media. You have people announce their journeys on social media, like yeah. treadmill videos, Wiping uh, my ass someone, right this, some, someone running, <laughs> you know, eating, 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 you know, slutty vegan meals and, and, and this and that, you know, just the whole journey. And, and just then, chew the shrimp three times. <laughs> and then, but anyway, I started a fitness journey this week is what I'm getting to. That's and I didn't up. post about it. I didn't do any of that. But my fitness journeys is really, you know, shit, man. I have to stop. Stopping. Stop stalking. Stop stopping. Oh, stop stopping. I don't have to stop starting. You know, some people say I have to stop starting, then stopping. No, I have to stop stopping. I got you. Because 
I'm not looking for exceptional fitness any longer. I'm not looking for that any longer. Right. I'm looking for whatever is at the end of majority of the time eating sensibly and doing some type of 45 minute cardio three to four times a week and some type of isometric resistance twice a week, maybe three times a week. Whatever comes to that, you know, <laughs> shit, and I can push myself in those areas. Those sound is like what is, is is what I want. Yeah, that's the way it used to be with me. I, you know, my birthday it's is not up. hard. My birthday Yours is coming either. up. And like, and the only thing, only thing that damages physical accomplishments is inactivity, man. Yeah, it's tough, especially during COVID. It's been tough. I bought the bike like probably three months into COVID the first time. So that's been like probably about 27 months ago. And I just really started using it. So I used it last week. My birthday is coming up in three days. I'm a 9-11 baby. So the day always meant something to me. And now I, I, I had my mind set. I was going to do this. I was going to work out really hard and post a pic on my birthday and just show all my progress. But Things change as you get older, and one of those things that change is that you live with women. So when you start talking about posting pics online, all of a sudden the chocolate starts coming home at night, and the buttery pretzels that I've been trying to avoid, I love them buttery pretzels. (laughs) And uh, today it was like all my weaknesses. It's like, you know, they're good. You know, you start to wonder if it's intentional, right? Right. You know, well, you know, it's your birthday week. You're supposed to be celebrating, and it's like, yeah, that that is a point. That's a point. But when you bring home like all of my weaknesses, when it comes to diets, then I got to look at you sideways a little bit. So it's like, you know. It's tough, man. Discipline is tough. And I was just talking with my 14-year-old and and trying to, first of all, communicate effectively, because I really don't. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I mean, well, I'm not quite sure how that's achieved with 14-year-olds these days. But so so but, but anyway, I was talking to him about discipline. And so it was easy when I was growing up. You basically just told the kid the motivation behind it is Jesus and no hell of fire. That would get a kid thinking sometimes about accountability, about long term, this, that, and everything else, right? (laughs) Well, uh, it's not a message I would give now anyway, but if you don't have that, then what, which is intimidation. All it is was a form of intimidation, same as beating the shit out of a kid or whatever to, and then to them doing well, right? Right. If you don't have that, right? And you don't have struggle, right? right? What reasons, what reasons do you give to motivate, to to exercise discipline, to grab something on the inside of you and demand excellence? What reasons do you give for that if not? intimidation and things I mentioned. So what what I came up with was I continuously say we're creatures of habits. And if not for any other reason, you have to establish habits of excellence right now so that when you get older, you want to be successful at whatever it is at the time. 
you will at least establish habits of discipline that they will always add up to excellence. And so, so that's all I got right now. So essentially, I don't, know, said, I don't know how much he's buying it. You're right. Well, essentially, because it's like everything that you said is counter to a lot of messages that is out there in the world today. Just getting kids to run from one year end of the yard to the other end of the yard. Once they get past four years old and you put one of those devices in their hands, it's almost impossible. So they're not really into discipline and work in. But I'll tell you one thing, though. The ones that actually do do that, they're going to be so far ahead of the game. Because when things get tough, they're not going to say, this is not how it's supposed to be. And just stand there and just look at things. And that's part of what's going on today. They won't fold fold faster than Superman on laundry day. Right. And, and And that's the way societies work. At the end of great civilizations, the people get softer. The first person that comes out there and actually builds the company up, that was a tough motherfucker. That would do like right. crazy stuff. The next son, he's had it a little bit easier. The next generation, he expects it. So that's one of the reasons, that's one of the concepts behind the democracy and free market capitalism that would allow you, in a pre- purest form, to have people who are not so tough actually lose and go down, and then the best people rise back up. But that's not what we do today, and that's part of what's the matter with this country. Now in this country, you've got people who are white nationalists on board saying that we should be more like Afghanistan. We should be more like the Taliban. And they've actually enacted that in Texas with the law, like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. And they're enacting it in different places and in different ways. That guy that was on the beach the other day looking at the girls in a bikini saying y'all should be dressed and everything you're on a beach that's not freedom that's the opposite of freedom what you're talking about the point is that people are so busy trying to force other people into living their way the way that they want to actually live when actually they're the actual problem because in a free world you can go about your business and do whatever you want to do that's the way it used to be you know that on this corner Or in this corner, it's orgies, and on the opposite corner, it's Bibles. And sometimes the people from the Bibles walk down to the orgy spot, and sometimes the people leave the orgy and they walk into the church. That's America. Mm. That's sad. It's sad that, what, that they leave the orgy or that they leave the church? Well, that everybody's being... uh... Phony, in my opinion. Everybody's trying to put their personal stamp on everyone else's way of life. And since inception since of this inception, country, since the since inception, inception of this country, well, uh, you, you know, that's it. That's the, that's that's the ways of the land. Well, freedom, is, freedom has know? always been an illusion. Freedom is an illusion. Right, I want right. to I want to get your point of view on this, because. I found it very interesting last week. There was, um, we're going to talk about white on white crime right now. White on white crime. It's been plaguing America for the past pandemic year. And the white on white crime I'm going to talk about is the one that was committed in Florida by a former Marine, Brian Riley, 33 years old. Normally, I don't give people their props, but I, I think that this man deserves his props. Everyone needs to know who he is because they're trying to bury his ass. He went into a home. He saw a woman, um, former Marine, very shaky circumstances. Sounds to me like he's a contractor. 
Okay. He had a bulletproof vest available. Goes to a friend's house, sees someone next door, sees a family next door, walks up to the father, 40-year-old man, asks him, he says, hey, you know where Amber is? Amber alert, right? Amber. I don't know no Amber. Guy goes, there's no Amber here. There's no kids being held or trafficked, whatever. Goes home, gets in a fight with his wife or his girlfriend, whatever, gets up one o'clock in the morning, drives back to the area next door to where his friend lives, goes to the back door, um, fires a shot through the back, the glass door and the window, killing the 62-year-old grandma. Blast the shat- shatters the glass. Dad, of course, goes upstairs, hides in the bathroom with his 33-year-old wife, 3-year-old baby, and 11-year-old daughter. Guy goes upstairs, shoots the door in, kills the father, kills the mother, kills the baby. Takes the 11-year-old girl downstairs, starts questioning her. Where's Amber? Shoots her in the leg. She plays dead. Gets in a firefight with the police. Police end up walking him out, of course. And now they're talking PTSD. Let's just think about that for a second. He killed a 62-year-old grandma. And then he killed a three-month-old baby. That man is a monster. They say that he set it up like he was doing an op. Like he was doing an op in Afghanistan, Iraq, whatever. Maybe he's Manchurian. Maybe he is the Manchurian. You know, but it's funny you say that, though, because there's a lot of Manchurians out there today. We keep seeing these former military guys. I think we're going to see more and more of it is basically the point. I think we're going to see more and more of it because that's the real price of Afghanistan. And then you put that on top of these white nationalists up here um, saying that we should be more like the Taliban as far as controlling our women and whipping them in the streets now. Now that the U.S. is gone, they're getting whipped in the streets and it's funny, I said that on I said that on this podcast. I was like, y'all ladies in Afghanistan, y'all can't be out there walking around talking like things are going to change right now. The motherfuckers will whip you. They will literally I'm talking about in the street. It's some, that's, that's just some foul shit too, man. Ouch. I'll tell you, I've gotten what old school people would, would, would call soft. Uh, I don't, my, my sentiment is fuck old school. I don't romanticize about the shit or nothing. And what I mean by old school, I'm not talking particular music and stuff. I love old school hip hop. I mean, I'm from the 80s. Right. And so I'm talking about Ask- old school misogyny. Old school misogyny, uh, old school. Old school abuse. Old school abuse and old school religious traditions. Fuck them. They, I'm telling you, it, 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 the pattern has been very clear in this country, and, and I and I continue to say since inception. <laughs> okay, yeah. and 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 to me, anything old school, like I just mentioned, is part of that fucked up system since inception. And so, I just don't subscribe to any old school ways. With that said, it really does anger me to see. The motherfuckers just beating women in the streets and stuff because, you know, a burger issue or or this or that or whatever. It just, I don't know, man. The motherfuckers look like, I, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I, 
I guess I understand it because I watched the series Mad Men. (laughs) (laughs) And that happened. Those those motherfuckers had it so good. You know what I'm saying? So my point is, those motherfuckers were in power. So anybody in power, such as a Taliban or whatever, and have experienced some form of, what do you call it? Misogyny? Yeah, you know, just, yeah, uh, uh, power of power that they call power over people to have certain services that you've been experiencing. It could be something as subtle as you're able to just uh, say in few words, bring me my drink, you know? Right. <laughs> and it's brought over to you, you know? What, because they fear what might happen if they don't bring the drink over or, or go against the grain somehow. So, yeah, no, I really, I, I consider them men bullies. I think that they're I mean, taking, you know, I think uh, I think they're taking retro too far. Honestly, if you want to yeah, break it down, they, well, I I predicted that they will not go back to as hardcore. That they have to. The, the world requires that they uh, quote unquote soften up because there's a whole generation of people that grew for twenty years. Or let's just say even 15 years. And then they were just a hidden boogeyman in that time. I mean, you know. Well, they weren't uh, hidden. Uh, we knew uh, where they were. They were in prison in well, Guantanamo. They weren't. They well, were, no, they were in prison. No, they weren't hidden. They were. They bring all of them over. But there were five. <laughs> there were 5,000 of them, though, that there were 5,000 of them that were released by President Cheeto right before all this stuff. It's like there's. there's that was. But those clear. were. Those were those were prisoners of Afghanistan, not uh, five thousand people. They, they, those were Taliban. Can't house five thousand. They were mostly Taliban. They were mostly right. Taliban, and they were released back into Afghanistan like six months ago, just so they just in enough time for them to form an offensive. We haven't talked about Afghanistan. What happened there? Because it ain't really relevant to us. But it's like, but it is relevant to us. Because like guys like this Brian dude who's like coming back from Afghanistan just shooting people because he's crazy. But if you really want to break it down with Afghanistan, Afghanistan, what they did there was they set up, they released those guys like four or five months earlier. And they're hardened and have been in prison for 10, 15, some of them 20 years. So they've been plotting that shit. So as soon as they get back to Afghanistan... All they can organize, like you said, these people are softer. They haven't been going through this. They have no one's been pointing a gun, the barrel of a gun in their face, unless it was a U.S. soldier coming to attack some pretty girl that's just coming up. And that has happened because a lot of the Afghani women, when the U.S. left, they were like, we're not really going to miss you either because we had no control over what you did with our bodies either. So that's kind of telling. But beyond Mm -hmm. that, There was no resistance. These people talking about these helicopters, they took these helicopters and all that other stuff. That shows you the will of the people to actually fight. All that stuff was to be left over for the Afghani forces to defend themselves. And they didn't do it. They just said, here, guys, just take it. And we're like, we're out. We're going to go on a nature walk and everything. Don't hurt us. We just did what we had to do for that period in time. And now it's back to normal. So for 20 years, we essentially 
You say that it's wrong, and I believe that you're probably right there, but you know what also is wrong? Giving those mm. women false hope. They no, got false well, hope. Well, no, well, the world, if, there's, if, if there is such thing as false you know, hope and respect to, to the subject matter, then the world would be more to blame than just what we did over there. Now, we're wicked in all our ways, and, and what we did over there was wicked. But my earlier point was, I don't believe that because of what the world stage is now, and because, of, which is point A and point B, the uh, kids that came up and now are adults that did not experience that form of uh, domination and violence, it would be, I would say, impossible for the Taliban to sustain that because what they're going to realize is, yeah, they might have resolve and they might have determination in their heart that, okay, because it's a holy war, but the more they resist and try to go backwards, the bigger the gap becomes because the world is moving forward not only moving forward at a regular speed, but moving forward at an exponential speed because of technology. So they don't have a choice, in my opinion, to remain like that. It's not sustainable on the world stage because at some point, right, NATO would have to respond. Here's the thing. And, you know, Afghanistan doesn't give a fuck about NATO. They don't care about anything that goes on outside of their borders. And it's a nowhere country. It's a nowhere country, and you can't beat them in a war. The two superpowers of the of the world have both gone into Afghanistan, and both have come out worse for the wear. Russia first in the eighties. They stayed like half of the time that we did, maybe a, a third of the time that we did. And now the United States. We spent twenty years in there. You're not changing them. You walked into that country. The Taliban was running the country. You walked out of the country, the Taliban is controlling the country. At a certain point, you've got to look at it and say, maybe they're just accepting of the Taliban. You can't get, yeah. you can't get well, people the, to think differently. That no, don't the reason to think is differently. Un- yeah, I'd say it's unsustainable because, like I said, that generation that came up, they, in essence, become the Taliban or Al-Qaeda. Not like the Taliban, but against that so they'll have the, they'll have the civil uh, disruption uh, factor to deal with, and you can't just kill everybody anymore, not on the world stage, because then you'll give people like us a reason to go to what we want to go to a war machine, and, and the reason you'll give us a reason, or, or you, you'll you'll actually give the you'll get you'll give us support from the world. So on the world stage, they already know how we get down. And so the reason countries have to worry about their reputation on the world stage is is because we're more than happy to be the attack dogs for any little thing. Yeah, (laughs) well, it's because it makes money. It makes money. Lindsey Lindsey Graham is already talking about we're going to have to go back into Afghanistan. Because those what hey, all his corporate masters are telling him, they're like, yo, we're not going to be able to st- sustain these losses for longer than six months. You know, go, go start some shit. You know what I'm saying? Go start right. some so, shit somewhere. So that's what I'm saying is, I don't think 
anybody who doesn't have a huge amount of, of more power than they have military-wise can act that much of a fool on the world stage and just get away with it and, and it be sustainable anymore. I don't think they're going to whip the people into shape. I think it's going to take a minute. I compare the change in Afghanistan very much to the change in America. Okay. They don't want, look, they don't want to let the women go. And they don't want to let, when I say go, they don't want to let the women be free and this and that. And America don't want to let black people be free. Yeah. <laughs> and so, or the women. So, or the women. Uh, or the yeah. Women. So, so they're going to have to get smart. Same as America has so called gotten smart and tricked when it comes to continuing uh, slavery and oppression, but not as it was before. It still is. They just changed change the face of it. So the, the Taliban, they're going to have to change the face of their tactics. Uh, it, it can't. The, you ain't making, you ain't going to make too many more videos of beheading to, to get people in line. Right. Well, it was a different time then. Look at yeah. it. I say it all. I say it all the time. I, I shake my head every time I see that stuff because I used to watch it because I found it interesting. Everything that was going on with the U.S. and and other places, and I look at it now, and I just really can't shake. And especially when with the anniversary, the twenty year anniversary of nine eleven coming up in a couple of days, I can't help but stop thinking about the Iraqi guy who said. We're going to turn this around on you and everything that's happening in our country and happening to us, it's going to happen to you. And you look at these white supremacists and they're trying to make it happen. You know, they're going to march on Washington again. It's not so much. I I don't I'm not worried about what they're going to do. But the simple fact that that division exists, you can't even keep those white guys happy. And then with all this stuff, you know, black history teaches us everything. And especially like the Fred Hampton story, when he had that coalition of the Southern whites and the blacks and the Latinos, the Latin Kings and all that stuff. And everybody was together. They were all thinking about the same thing. We're poor and we're not going to fight each other. And what they do, they drugged them and put as many bullets into his sleeping body as they possibly could. But because you can't think that way, if you think that way, then you're actually a threat. Anytime you become an actual threat, then they're at you. And people think, especially today with the Twitter and all the other stuff, it's like you're not supposed to think every you're not supposed to think the same way as everyone else does. Or you're supposed to think the way everyone else does. And if you come out with the point of view that's outside of the box, They won't even discuss it with you. They'll just try to cancel you right away. Oh, it's like it's too outrageous. But the truth of the matter is, if someone down south wants to live and they only want to date, if it's a white girl and she only wants to date white boys, guess what? That's her right, too. If it's a black person, they don't want to date white people. That's their right. If they don't want to hang out with you, that's their right. It's their right to do that shit. It's not their right to be rude to you in public. It's not their right to fire you from a job. It's not a, not their right to all the other stuff is just like all the extra shit. But all the other things as far as like, yo, do you should really be able to do you. And where we go wrong is that it's not just the people on the right that hold these points of view. It's also people on the left that are holding these points of view. 
that are trying to, you're trying to cancel. So what are you, you're canceling each other out. You're never going to have peace. And we used to have like at least a semblance of peace. That's what tolerance is all about and everything. Now we're going to now niggas just tolerating with bullets. We've never had peace. In my opinion. We've never had a, well, look, there's different levels to everything. We were talking about this the other day with uh, Judge Alonso. There's different levels to everything, and there's different things. And what he discussed, what he brought up was a book by, I forget who who we mentioned, but he was talking about the four classes of people. It's like the transparent black people, like the Jarrett's and the Parsons, and then you have the middle class blacks, and then you have the African Caribbean blacks, and then you have the poor blacks that don't have a shot, that basically they're born into not having a shot at anything. And that's just the way that the world is for them. But within each race and each group, those groups exist. And if you go from place to place, I know I've spoken to like hundreds of thousands of people in my life, like at my different jobs, at least 100,000 people, different people from different walks of life. When you're trying to get your money straight from a bank, you don't give a fuck what color the motherfucker is. You care if they get your shit right, right? At that point in time, you're not thinking about it. And that's the type of, that's what tolerance is. It's just basically you go through these interactions and you let them be them. And then you get off and you go and you go about your business and you do what you, you do what you were doing beforehand. And that, that's not a popular point of view. It's not a popular perspective to take. But the problem with all of that and the problem with today is that nobody wants to go to their separate corners Everybody wants to go to their corners and now they want to come into your corner. Now they want to come into your womb and they want to tell you what you can do with a baby that's not born, but they don't want to pay for the baby once it's born. Everybody's got a comment about everything. They've got comments about hurricanes. I saw some shit about a hurricane down south where some idiot put up a post that said, like, I'm waiting on BLM, Antifa, black and NBA players to come and save these people down in Louisiana. How fucking stupid are you? It used to be when people were, or at least the the thought process was, if somebody's in trouble, then you go and you help them. As a black person, what I've said over the last couple of years is that, whereas I might have been a better citizen probably before Donald Trump, definitely before Donald Trump, because before Donald Trump, if I saw some shit going down, if it was too heinous, I might intervene. Now, after Donald Trump, because of my color, I probably wouldn't because I'm not going to put myself in danger for these people and all of these people that it's the truth. I'm not, you know, it doesn't, it's like, you just going to have to take your blondie. You got to take your ass whooping. That's what they want. Anyway, that's what they want. You should fail for the best on it. On his, uh, I think it may have been, it was either sticks and stones or the one after that. (laughs) He's talking about, you know, when there was a crack problem, uh, white people were acting like they just don't give a shit. You know, that's right. That's what the black man did. He said, he said, well, you know, I'm understanding your thinking because now there's a meth problem. Yes. And I got to be honest with you. I really don't give a shit about it. Right. Good luck, Whitey. Right. Good luck, Whitey. Right. Hang in there. That's like, but this is, these are the choices. These are the choices that people make you make. 
They make they actually drive you to make to take these positions. They drive you to actually move into this space. Whereas you before you might be actually active and be good. And like listen, I applaud anybody and I'm I'm like hitting the applause right now. I applaud anybody that still will go out and will put your neck out for that shit. But I can tell you right now, that hesitation that's gonna go through my mind, that's the will he or what should I or should I not? which is probably going to end on should I not at the end of the day. That's the difference between today and tomorrow. I mean, people are drowning down south. When hurricanes, I remember back in the day, hurricanes were good business because brothers from up north, they'd be like, yo, listen, you want to go down south? They'll pay you like $45 an hour. They'll put you up in hotels, give you stipends and everything. We go down, we hang out for three weeks, and then we come back up pockets full and everything. These motherfuckers are not going and helping for free is my point. <laughs> right. You understand what I'm saying? When in New York and New Jersey, when those firefighters jump in those trucks and when those line guys jump in those trucks, they're going down so that way they can get some pockets like LeBron and them NBA players so they can ball out when they come back in a couple of weeks because they're making a lot of money. Who the fuck are you fooling with that with that bullshit rhetoric? Y'all motherfuckers don't do anything for, you don't do anything for people. They don't do anything for each other for free. Nobody does anything for free at all. Right. But so, they, they call them heroes, though. Heroes, yeah. I wish Grant, I wish Grant was on this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. It's, it's our perspective. He is a hero. Yeah, yeah uh, he is a hero. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He is a hero. Well, yeah, Grant's a hero in my book, but it ain't yeah. because he's a firefighter. Well, you know, uh, you know uh, in many it, ways. It, 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 but he is a yeah, hero. But in that way, but, but as a firefighter, he's definitely. Well, he's I mean, definitely. you know. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, look, I can talk on this shit. I've been a soldier and I've been a cop. And I'm gonna tell you right now, if they wasn't paying no money, I wouldn't have been neither one of them motherfuckers. Trying to tell you. And, and, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And so, and it's a job. Look, man, the biggest thing right now is if, if, if we, if cops was on the right side, they would know they got that job to demonstrate courage. But what they're doing, in essence, is demonstrating cowardness. Mm, and so, you know, could, because, because it takes courage to get hit by a bullet before you react. Mm. It's a coward that shoots an innocent person and says he was in fear for his life or in fear of that bullet that never even came his way. You know what I'm saying? So he wanted to have the upper hand like your boy did in Gladiator when he stabbed him in the ribs before he took him to the arena. You know, and so we don't have courageous police. It's not not courageous. You get a call of people are shoot, uh, having a shootout, and you go with your whole goddamn gang as much as possible, and y'all uh, booted up to the uh, to the uh, till with the bulletproof this and that and everything else. And you got guns, everything else. You're not the courageous one in that <laughs> for reacting to that that way. You know, if you want to, you I'll call you courageous. Is if you. Go ahead and strip your guns off and do policing without your guns. That's right. Go talk to them. Go talk them down. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. That's like, that's uh, courage. Guardian Angels, Guardian, what do you call in, in New York? In the, the Guardian you know, Angels. Guardian Angels are courageous. 
No, that that's courage. That's stepping out. No understanding that you you don't you you don't have the upper hand is having the upper hand and, and, and being the biggest bully on the block. There's no courage involved in that shit. Now so- with firefighters, right? They are courageous in their jobs. Yes. They're getting paid to handle that fire. They are trained to handle that fire. If you have the proper training, what the fuck does courage got to do with that? Except for it's a dangerous situation and you still have to do what you're getting paid to do, just like a soldier and just like anything else. So I don't I can't say that and soldiers now, I don't I changed it, you know. They have courageous intent. They may have patriotic and righteous intent, but here is the reality of it. You're signing up to do whatever this motherfucking evil country tells you to do and go kill people when they tell you to kill people. For, to me, there's no honor in that unless you're being, you know, there's no honor in that unless you're sure to lose. You see, if, if you go do that and this country is being uh, attacked by someone, and a state has been getting taken away every two weeks, and bodies are down, and you go volunteer to defend, you're courageous at that point. We'll put it in context. But when you have the ships that we have, the artillery we have, and this and that, and you volunteer, no, nah, you're not keeping me safe because we, this country do that without you. Mm. I'm not giving you credit for keeping me safe. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Only I'm giving you credit for is you may have had righteous intentions. Well, let me just. But the reality is that's where I'm at with the dealing in reality rather than fantasy. Right. They have us, man. How, how do you need all these commercials and shit showing you the prestige and the cleanliness and uh, all of the the equipment and technology of the military and this and that and so on and so forth? And every time you pass somebody, oh, thanks for your service. Thanks. That's why you don't even see me posting on no bullshit Veterans Day and this and that and everything else, trying to get all my likes and people say, oh, thanks for your service. Thanks for your service. What does that actually mean? Thanks for your service. Thank you for volunteering to do the bullshit. Because we know for this evil country is going to have to be people doing the bullshit. So let us make you feel special about that. When if they really love me, they would call me an underachiever. Well, there's a reason why. Well, no, it's true. Well, there's a reason why. There's a there's a reason why a lot of police officers end up eating their guns. You know, I had a client once who was a police officer, and I don't know if it's a lot, but. Yeah, there a lot. I I had a client that was a police officer, and this guy was a retired black lieutenant. And um, we had so many, um, we had so many. You know, it's funny. I could not remember his name until right now, when his name just popped up in my mind. And we had so many conversations. And you know me, B. I'll just like I'll just listen to your problems. And this dude would just like he would just go on for an hour, hour and a half, just to just about different things that he had been through in Vietnam, different things he had been through after 9-11, different things that he saw his men doing. And this guy was depressed because after 9-11, he was seeing his entire, like, precinct. Like, these guys were, like, eating their guns, like, every week. Like, every week, every other week, there was a different cop that was killing himself based upon some of these things. Because if you have someone of a, someone of a conscience... And you have this idea at some point the rubber doesn't hit the road. You either have to make that shift to bang. I'm going to be this type of person 
and like get rid of that idealism or I'm going to have to leave the force earlier. I'm going to have to do something different. You know, people think I don't understand these things. I've had so many, I've had so many conversations with not just police, but high ranking police officers, like personal intimate shit that gave me a little bit of, that gave me a lot more empathy for what some of them go through. But at the end of the day, it's a job, B. They're getting paid. They were getting paid. And this is the trade-off that they make. You trade. This is what you do. You you trade your soul. So you, you either have to be one way or you have to be the other way. There is no in-between. There is no, like, there is no, there's no balance for you to walk. It's a cult. But I want to change the subject, but I just want to end on one last thing about this whole Katrina thing and about these people in Louisiana. I just want to run off a couple of names to you. Robert Bourgeois, 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 whatever, Bourgeois, um, James Brissett, Ronald Madison, Henry Glover, Danny Broomfeld. You ever hear any of those names? Oh, not that I recall. Okay, I'm going to tell you why you never heard of any of those names. Those were black people that were murdered during Katrina by white people driving around in boats looking to kill people. If you think my black ass is going to go down there and try to save people (laughs) and you're trying to shoot motherfuckers, you're crazy. And I don't understand why people like make a big thing. I don't even understand how the terminology. I just think I just think that America has like a lot a big sickness or a certain part of segment of America has a huge sickness problem because during a storm or during a flood where every house is covered up. The windows are covered up and every floor of a house is covered up and you're just trying to survive. I don't see what is considered looting at that point in time and what isn't like, are you going to keep your water damaged property? Do you think that someone's stealing your door so that way they can float on the water is like looting? You consider that looting? Where are you motherfucking going with someone's belongings during a storm? It's not looting. It's trying to survive. But yeah, so fucking sick in the head that you consider anything to be looting. And there's no possible way. And there's a reason why God is putting tornadoes in the middle of the country right now and ravaging homes in different places. We talk about all this different stuff. There's a spiritual part that has to go with this. If you don't believe in God, you believe in nature. And if you believe in nature, then you know that you don't fuck the surf up. And you look at this COVID thing in the situation with COVID, this is the worst possible scenario for people. You've got them pushing a vaccine based upon the numbers that were done in July. When all through August, you probably got like 25% more coverage of people that are coming out of hospitals that are getting sick that were vaccinated. Many people were dying that are vaccinated right now. I'm not saying you should or you should not take a vaccine. What I'm saying is that you motherfuckers don't know anything that you're actually talking about. Of course, cases in Florida are going to be higher and crazier than they are in other places because they've been rubbing suntan lotion on each other nonstop. So that variant is going to get stronger there. It's going to be stronger (laughs) in places where people have not been wearing masks and have not been getting vaccinated, doing absolutely nothing. Of course, those numbers are going to be worse. That's just common sense. Forget about like it, forget about the science. Thing. It's just common sense. 
You're not trying to protect yourself from a virus. You're not trying to stop a virus. You're not trying to stop giving out the virus. You just don't want to wear a mask. People have gotten this, have gotten this shot and they walk around with no mask breathing on people and say, and then now that they find out that you can actually be, give it out. They say, Oh, well, what I was breathing was not as toxic as what you're breathing. How the fuck do you know that? How do you know that what you did didn't kill grandma? You don't know that. So you should just shut the fuck up. These people and this whole thing, and I was talking to someone else today about this vaccine, and it really is starting to look like, I hate to sound like those people, but you know, if you pay attention to what they've said in the science and different things, it's like, they say that the that they're not even sure that the shot that these shots are even doing anything for this like Delta variant. But then they get on TV and they threaten you if you don't get Delta variant, you're going to get fired. Um my daughter-in-law's my daughter-in-law's like um mother got fired from a job because she didn't take the shot. She has a medical exemption. The shot could actually kill her. She has a valid reason, a medical exemption. They said, we don't care. We're not working you anymore. So now she's out of work because she has a medical exemption. What did she do? Um, I don't want to put it. I don't want to put her out there. What so kind of work? Let's just say she works on, she works in, in fashion where she's like okay. you know, on sets with different people, but she, she's been tested. Every every week she gets tested every week before she goes on a shot. Every week before she goes on a shoot. Every week. Well, yeah, they're pushing it. They're pushing it like fucking bonds during World War Two or World War One. Whenever they push all them goddamn bonds and shit to the populace, they're pushing this shit so hard. They're pushing it harder. This is the new annual flu shot revenue that they have to establish or something because they're pushing it the same as they push the flu shots, which I never took for years. I got the flu sometimes and got through it and everything else. But I, I, I think I stopped getting the flu when I stopped getting that fucking shot. But anyway, I mean that I can't prove that I'm just uh, trying to recall, but here's, here's the thing. They're pushing it so hard and here's where I'm at with it. And I tell people this, look, motherfucker, First of all, you, it does absolutely nothing to your point to tell me how many people are on board. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, that scares me more than anything else. Right. Okay, because because I, I know what can happen to, to stupid ass uh, to the stupid ass sheep. And here's the other thing: my experience so far tells me that I I could be straight without. Uh, the shot, and guess what? I don't have a motherfucking problem wearing a mask around you. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. Not, you know none. None. If, you, if you feel like that, and I don't have a problem not wearing a mask around you, you ain't blaming me for shit. I ain't killing nobody with irresponsibility. You can put that. You can put that out there all you want, but you know what? You could grab these nuts because that that that, 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 <laughs> that doesn't even make sense to me. People are going around blaming people for killing old folks and this and that. And I'm a math person. You show me the numbers where someone Please. is likely to, likely to kill someone or, or you show me the, the odds and me actually hurting someone 
because I didn't take the shot. And then guess what? When you put those odds down, I I know I can come up with two, three, four things to trump that math that we're doing absolutely nothing about. Gene, I watched this doctor on TV say, you know, if you would have told me that now the numbers are supposedly like four times higher or two or three times higher than they were last year, hospitalizations and deaths are way too high. And he said, if you would have told me this this time last year, I would have said, well, I would I guess that we haven't gotten a vaccine yet, but we have gotten a vaccine. So your logic in saying that you would have thought that there was a vaccine, that there was no vaccine in place. There is a vaccine in place. People are still dying because of it. They're dying like, you know, I don't want to be this. I don't first. First of all, I don't want to be this person. Like I'm not sitting up here saying I know what the fuck is going on. I don't know what the fuck is going on. What I do know is that I can still get up and do my 45 minute rides. I still wear my mask. I still don't go and hang out with you people. I haven't been to an orgy in my lifetime, so I'm not worried about that. Um, I'm not going out. I'm not, I, I don't really need, I don't have that need to socialize. I think what it is, is that people are, everyone is, I think our mentality is killing us. I think our mentality as a group is killing us and our selfishness as individuals is killing us and people don't see it. They think it's a virus. They think it's a shot and or or a shot, or they think it's a it's our mentality that's killing us because we have the need to tell people what to do. We have the need to make people do X, Y, or Z. We have the need to, and it's on both sides. On one side, this side wants to tell you not to have an abortion and everything. They don't want to tell you to take care of a kid, but they and they're going to go all out in order to make sure that that happens. And this side is going to tell you that you better get a shot. Because we know what's better for you. The same people that didn't want to give you health care and that when you go to health care will give you fucking shoddy health care, will barely fucking pay attention to what your issues are. Black women die in childbirth at a rate of like, of I think it's like four times white women in America. You know, misdiagnosis is the way that the medical field has dealt with black people. If it's not a black doctor or a doctor that I know is cool, I'm not going. Okay? That these are the choices that you make. This is what this is your reality here. Now you're going to tell me, trust me. Can't nobody trust you? Nobody wants to trust you. And you're leading these people in like what you said, the fact that everybody is doing it, that's part of the problem. Because what did your mama used to say? Oh, everybody's jumping off the bridge. You going to jump too? Right, exactly. And well, well I, and I don't even have a problem being plain about it. I don't fucking trust them. And I see these stupid ass memes. Oh, you've been eating burgers and this and that and everything else, but you scared of a vaccine? Look, man, look, man. First of all, uh, I was eating burgers and it was told, uh, they told me it was the food. Right. <laughs> I was shit at one time. That, you know, Say that they have the commercials, the glitz, the glamour about it, and everything else. It wasn't until uh, you know last decade, I, you know, they really start putting information, attention. Maybe even ten years before that or whatever. Look, that has nothing to do 
with some motherfucking shit you talking about injecting in me. I'm trying to and, tell you. You know, that ain't no food. That ain't no this. And maybe I need to give up that other shit and everything else. Your logic is, oh, you done already fucked yourself up. So what's one more thing to fuck you up if, if, if this is the case? And it, nobody even thinks like that. Even to you go to the think, yeah, even even to go to the uh, next level, Gene. Just like I want, I want you yeah. to keep going. Even to go to the next level, how the fuck you know I don't know what the fuck I've been putting in my body for like twenty years? Like seriously, right, exactly. Like yeah, exactly. You know that for exactly. sure. So what there is so it's just some dumb shit to reel people in. And so, first of all, I want to know why they can't. I mean, I know why they can't intelligently explain things that, that would make me comfortable because the because truth the is math, scary Go the ahead. math doesn't add up yes the math doesn't add up you know first it was the one percentile who catch the virus are at risk of really falling yeah. ill right. or, or on to death right right okay so let's just say it was three percent right Right. So I already have great odds that I'm in the 97%, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I could be in the three, but my odds are great. Right. Now, that three should should remain 3%, right? Mm-hmm. And it's way less than that. They never gave a cause for that ever to grow, right? Because there has much to do with pre-existing conditions, genetics, this, that, and the third, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm already in the 97%, right? Mm-hmm. And we're only dealing with the 3%, which I used to keep them counters on CNN and everything else. Them counters are not there anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you know the the, the the population number and the numbers they're putting in front of you, if you're able to, you can do the math and, and determine what your actual odds are, right? Mm-hmm. Now, okay, so now fast forward. I had the shit. Mm-hmm. I've had the weird shit that I've never had before. I didn't get diagnosed uh, as having it, but I've had the shit. I talked to RNs, this and that, and everything else. I went through it. I may have had it twice. Mm-hmm. The first one, I'm not sure, but it was also some weird shit mm-hmm. that, that, that I had to go through and everything else. And so I may have had it twice. So now I get it, and it goes through me very much like the flu. Mm-hmm. It's a period of time, a period of discomfort, and sometimes the flu, in my life, the flu has evolved into pneumonia because I I left it untreated, you know, just young and dumb and stuff. And so so maybe this has the potential to evolve into certain things with certain people and stuff. I'm sure it does. I I, I get that, right? I get that. But the all out campaign, and I said this, I knew this when they came up with a vaccine, we're just kind of like throwing it out there. We're trying to create one. This doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean that. I said, watch the intensity knob get turned up. And I said it to myself and maybe to a few people in conversation or whatever. Watch this intensity knob get turned up. This is going to be a look. Mm-hmm. You either get this vax or you can't do shit in this country, you know? Mm-hmm. And when it gets to that point, it's like, whoa, if you're only talking about less than 3% of people being affected, even down to 1%, you know, uh, being harshly, it was actually less than 1%. It was point something because we have 300 and something million people 
in this country, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 1% of that would have been 3 million deaths. And we know we weren't there because we know when it hit 5 million and when it hit 1 million, I mean, that was all over a, a whole long, year-long period of time and stuff where population is coming and going the whole time. So we know that it's not 1%, 3 million people. So here's the thing. We have other things, though, that kill more than 1%. Yeah. That we're not railing over. I, I mean, we wear we wear pink every now and then, and you know, we, we have campaigns against drunk drivers every now and then. Mm-hmm. You know, but at, at the end of the day, it's not a fucking. It's not the percentage. The biggest number compared to other shit that has been going. How many people did the flu kill every year? Well, listen, from my from you my know, so, so, from so my, they never resolved that. So my point is this, right? Why are you making this fucking big of a deal for it? These people would say so that we can enjoy our freedoms once again. You know, we can go to fucking games and this and that and not have to worry. These people say because of this. These people say because of that. Well, here, this is what I'm going to tell you. And hear me well. Can anybody show me anywhere in the history of these medical companies in this country where they did some shit that was not going to line pockets for years? And if you can't show me that, fuck you. I don't believe you. Uh, I think you're lost in the sauce and capitalism or whatever. But our medical industry is not in place so that we get affordable services to the, the needy citizens and this and that. They're in place so that they can. It's just another empire like the banks, like this, that, like that. These drug makers are our medical industry is now following the lead of the drug makers. You know, I was looking for. Uh, I was looking doctors for, will recommend some shit that motherfucker that they get kickbacks on. I was looking for a post that I had put up about the virus and about the um, about the about the shot. And one thing they're saying, like, well, you're waiting for the FDA approval in order for it to get through. And what it was in this in this article I put up, I think you saw it. It was yeah. It said that it said that even though they've got the approval. Uh, the studies on the effects of something about how it actually works, the dangerous part about the study, they put that off for another two or three years. So they just really gave it a stamp, but they didn't give it a stamp. They didn't give it a full stamp like it was a full trial, like it went through a full trial. It went through a quick trial, a quick process, where they've ignored some of the other things that they would normally look and delve into it because they want people to go and take the shot. And that's what it is. Tell me the fucking truth. Just give me the truth. I'm forced to figure out this shit for myself. I'm forced to figure out that August of last year, the numbers went up. August of this year, the numbers went up. And I'm also forced to like look at you sideways when you come out and you ask people and you demand and call people like stupid and other things for not taking the virus. When you tout numbers that lead up until... July 31st, and you don't talk about August whatsoever, and we're in fucking September. You're full of shit. Tell the fucking truth about what's going on. You don't know what's going on, and it's part of like what you said, Gene. The simple fact is people want to go back to watching games. They want to go back to the theater. They want to go back to the disco, and they don't want to expect, they don't want to accept no for an answer. This shit is not going back, and the corporations, to a large extent, have a large say in that because they want to get things back to the way they were 
So that way the money can continue to come in and continue to roll. And they're not getting that. When they're not getting that, they're not happy. So they're going to force it to happen. So what I'm seeing right now is that this time last year, it's worse than it was last year, but life has continued. They don't care. They don't care if you live or if you die. They just want things to go back to the way they were. And that is going to essentially, that is basically Darwin showing you right then and there where the species goes wrong. Because any other animal. What was that? It's all done by threats, too. That's another interesting thing. Yeah, but. It's always the threat of danger, just like threat of hellfire. It's consistent. Yes. uh, it's it's you got to get this done, and then they give you well, what's it gonna? Well, if you're wrong, this is what could happen. If you're but wrong, if you're right, uh, we're all living still, so you know nothing bad's gonna. What? Right, man. Look, I'm telling you this. It, it, I'm on, not anti-vax. I'm anti. I'm anti this vax for me, mm. and for people that I have to make a decision on. Listen, like I, I have kids that got the goddamn vaccine. I'm not anti-vaccine. I don't tell nobody don't get vaccinated and everything else. I'm right. telling you, I'm looking history in the eye and saying, I don't trust y'all motherfuckers. I don't care if everybody's getting it and this and that and everything else. I don't know. I know my body. I'm cool. I want to roll the dice with what I got. Right. And I am completely and totally okay with not going to your mixer. And yo, and I'm going to tell you something. I don't give it. Look, man. Uh, we all got to punch our ticket. Yep. The stupidest thing in the world is when I see a post where, where they're highlighting someone who was anti-vax and now they're at their demise. It's odds. Yeah. Some people who are asking... What the fuck are you talking about? Right. You gonna give him, you, you, they're ready to give him a Darwin Award when, come on, man, yo. It, it, one thing has nothing to do with the other. People are uh, going to die from this shit. It could, right. it could have to do with his diet. It could have to do with his exercise. It could be, have to do with a lot of different things, his genetic predisposition. Why don't you motherfuckers try to find out why some people are more susceptible and other people's aren't? It's like you said, I'm like you, bro. I feel like I've been through this two times. The first time, and when that new variant came out a couple of, a couple of months ago and shit, I had a little hiccup. Went right through my system. It is what it is. One day it may not go right through my system. Okay? But I know one thing. Right now, it's not going to be that shot that takes me out. Gene, bro, we done talk for a long time, just you and me. Yeah, and what, what time is it? It's like, okay, uh, yeah, we're good. yeah, we good. And you know what? I didn't even get to talk about what I really wanted to talk about with you, which was the police in L.A., now being instructed to collect your social media information so that way oh, they can yeah. fucking like so that way they can check up on you. That's new to you know what? That's new territory that just slithered into the light, you know, uh, by one way or another. When I say new territory, it's unregulated because it didn't exist to get yes. regulations before. But now that it exists. It's unregulated, but you know what? It's a complete, oh man, it's invasion of privacy. You know what it is? is? What? It's profiling. It's it's access to profiling. It's the, uh, just like the article said, they have access to profile now, different tools, different views 
of your life to provide. If not, you're driving by with dark tent and bass thumping so loud you can't even swallow in that bitch uh, as profile markers right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, you know, they, they, they could do, they could set profile markers within social media and profile your ass I'm, uh, before, without even stopping you. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what, bro. If I was in LA and they stopped me, they would rue the day that they got my social media because I would just take everything down from my fucking Facebook and every day it would be a picture of my big black ass up there on the screen. They wouldn't You've get it. Never seen so not, many, my phone is locked. They you wouldn't have, get it. No, but I'm saying you would you would never see so many texts or so many pictures taken of a man's balls. So that way every time you look into my fucking computer <laughs> or you look onto one of my things, you would see nothing but my balls. I would join every small social media site out there that's that's sexually related and take pictures of my big black balls. And that is what you would be investigating. One of them tilts to the left. One of them tilts to the right. You know what Dang. I expect? You know what I suspect? I what? suspect I suspect that uh, people are uh, giving consent oh, yeah. for them to get that information. Uh, same as, I'm going to tell you, man, cop, it was really slick, but cops are taught to, to get consent in a slick way that will hold up in court. But, and, and, but the worst part is, Gene, and, a lot of these people think that that there's nothing wrong with it right now. They think there is no such thing as privacy. Yeah, because because people are still saying that if you if, if cop feel like he got reason check you out, spec you, and this and that, they're on the cop side because they never have to worry about that shit in their neighborhood until they have to worry you know about that shit. Until they, they have won't. to worry they about won't. it. Well, they won't because the people you know it. it, it Bad or, or poverty-stricken neighborhoods are are what supply the majority of fucking employment to these Gestapo forces. Well, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure if they, I'm sure if they did catch me and they went that Gestapo route, eventually there would be a female cop knocking on my door trying to investigate further. And on that note. <laughs> Yeah, that's all you would get. That's a wild article, man. And it does uh, that does garner a good discussion because it's coming out of nowhere. Yeah. And but the good thing is, is that uh, maybe it came out fast enough where they can get people uh, to get some rules going about it. Which I mean, you know, I just don't see anybody lobbying. Uh, you know, to to to. Oh man, they got a long hard fight when it comes to police reform, if that's what you want to call it. Or, yeah, uh, that's that's you know, that's uh, policy. I mean, their policy is they're they asking you for your social security number. Yo, who, but people are giving it. Yeah, who's dumb enough to give out their social security oh, number to everybody? Because everybody, because no matter how many times you hear and you watch videos where people say, "I don't answer questions," I plead the fifth and this and that. As soon as the motherfuckers take out them goddamn metal bracelets. You know, motherfucker shit on itself yeah. and start and start doing and start doing illogical shit. They get scared. It's I, still they're still very intimidating. When you that's like my son. You ain't here. I, I, we can end on this. He's he's in his late twenties now, but when he was uh twenty one, he yeah. got pulled over, uh, and he let them search mm-hmm. so they can get going and everything else. But then you know he wasn't living when he was in college or. or he was in college or just had got out of college. I don't quite remember, but he came back 
to the house to talk to me about it, you know, and he said, yo, I got pulled over and this and that, you know, and, and he knows I was about to get into a thousand question mode, you know, as soon as he said he got pulled over, right. <laughs> he said he let us search, and, and he, he, he just, as soon as he said it and, and was looking at my face, he said, I know, man, I, I, I know, man, I, I, I wanted to this and that and everything else, and he didn't really have to say anything else to right. me, and I didn't, I didn't jump on him none, but I knew what he had experienced. He wanted to be brave and this and that, but you have to be willing to take them to get them handcuffs and go to jail to really make a stand and to really uh, fight for your rights. Like, no, you're not searching my motherfucking car. I don't give consent. I don't have anything to hide. The only way you're searching this car is by is by making up some shit and and, and then uh, searching an incident to that made up shit. I know how, I, I know exactly, and, and that would be that. And then you can, and then you at that point, I don't ask the questions. What are you going to do? Well, I don't ask the questions. Uh, and if they have something to arrest you on, you can't. You know, the cops have a motto: you can beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride. Yeah, you're going to get the ride. You're going to put your handcuffs, go in there, and, and, and go down. But you have to understand that's part of the process and not fear mm-hmm. that. But it's all talk until your ass get pulled over and they start doing uh, saying this, that, and everything else. Whereas me, I'm the opposite. I have to calm myself down because I'm the type that will, they'll push the envelope because I'll touch their ego, you know? Mm-hmm. So I have to reel my stance back when, mm-hmm. when, 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 when they approach me because all types of years of frustration come out and, and thoughts of history come out. <laughs> right. and, 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 you know, I'm not cool, right. but yeah, but that happened to my son, man. So it's, it's, it's easy for everybody to, you know, pump their fist up and say this, that, and everything else and push the like button. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's not quite enough people that are on board with really taking a stand you when they really, are called to. Yeah, you got to really show your, you got to really show your heart. Like, I only been arrested one time. Yeah. And when I got arrested, I didn't say shit. I looked at the people that was with me. I was like, y'all better not say shit either. There was nothing that I, I was completely and totally innocent. So I had that behind me. And I knew what they were doing. So it was like, to me, I was like, I'm not even worried about you. I told the, I told the detective in the ride, in the ride over to the precinct. Like you said, you can beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride. And I told him, I said, I'm not worried about nothing. I said, I haven't done anything. I don't, I don't have a record. What do you think? You making some shit up right now. Well, you made some shit up. So you'll get me now. You'll get me in court and everything. Nothing's going to happen. And you're going to look like an ass at the end of the day. But it is what it is. But like you said, you can't beat the ride. You can't beat the ride. Gene Hopkins. Sights unknown. California. Yeah. Yeah, we talked for a long time, just me and you. I might even have to edit some of this down, bro, because it's like over it's like over the acceptable limit. Maybe we need to kick them off the show some more. Need to kick them off, like you know. <laughs> next time, what I'm gonna do is like, if y'all, if they, if they keep on doing this, I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna send wrong numbers. I'm gonna send wrong numbers out, and I'll send you out the right one and say this is the real one, Gene, because you're the real one. Brother. Yeah. <laughs> no, Gene man. Hopkins. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Great show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for showing up. Born in Trouble, 29th episode. Check us out. We may take a week off next week. Um, you know, it's it's 9-11. Only thing I want to say is like 9-11, 20 years, last words. Um, 
Mother's been gone for 20 years now in 10 days. It's my birthday coming up in two days. 9-11 was a very deeply personal day for me. We buried my grandmother, so shout out to all the Exums out there. Even though y'all y'all having like stuff and you're acting the fool on Facebook, stop putting all your business on Facebook. Um, and like, you know, just like y'all have a good day because things have changed and it's never going back that way. You can be mad all you want. You can hold on to shit for 20 years if you want and everything. But listen, if I lose my mother on the 1st of September, I bury her on the 5th, which is my son's birthday. Happy birthday to him. And I can go down to South North Carolina and I can bury my grandmother on the 11th and then drive back up and sit there and wait outside the Tappan Zee Bridge watching all these people going through, watching the world change right in front of my very eyes. And I'm still here and I'm still kicking and standing. So can you be. Born in Trouble, 29th episode. Peace. <laughs>